0: Good morning, Solid Rock Church. Uh, It is good to be with you this morning. My name is Brian Davis. I am the lead pastor along with my wife, Deanne, at LifeSpring Church. Uh, Just up the road from you guys, and I have to be honest, I wish it were under uh, different circumstances that I was uh, able to speak to you this morning. I want you to know our hearts are with you as you both mourn and celebrate uh, the life of pastor winona she was an incredible uh, woman very gracious anointed courageous uh, and so we we our hearts mourn with you and we celebrate the life that she lived uh, uh, the honor that she lived life with the family the children she raised the people she pastored incredible woman and so i want you to know we've been praying for you as a church And uh, for you, Pastor David, and and the team there, we've been praying for all of you, and our hearts go out to you in this season. And I want to just say thank you for inviting uh, me into your world, into your church, allowing me to speak uh, this morning. And so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16. And Pastor David actually asked me to speak on the power of God. And so we're going to address the power of God. And we obviously, as, as, as believers, we believe in the power of God to address uh, any situation. We're up against anything that we're facing. We have a, a, a faith to believe that God's power uh, can work miracles in any situation and bring the breakthrough we've been praying for. And in all my years as a, as a Christian, as a pastor, and a, as a leader, I've prayed for a lot of stuff, as, as you have as well, and we could all tell stories about the miracle working of the Lord and what He's done. But you know, I've learned something interesting in all the years that I've been praying for people and prayed with people and for people. I learned something interesting in the journey, and that's this, that the most important breakthrough you will ever receive isn't in your situation, it's in your spirit. The most important breakthrough you will ever receive isn't in your situation. It's actually in your spirit. Now we we pray for both. Obviously, we, we tend to pray more for our situation. But you know, I think God is far more interested in what's going on in our spirit than what's going on in our situation. Now that's not to suggest that God doesn't care about your situation and That's certainly not to suggest that we shouldn't pray for our situations. But God has this way of moving into our spirit. God has this way of drawing close to us in the challenges and in the trials of life. God has this way of of getting close to us. And that he's far more interested on what's happening inside of me than what's happening all around me. And so this morning... I want to talk to you about breakthrough. I want to talk to you about some breakthrough principles from Acts chapter 16. But breakthrough principles that might be a little bit different because they're not breakthrough principles that I believe will necessarily change your situation. They may, they may not. But I'm after a breakthrough and I'm after the power of God that addresses what's happening on the inside of me. I mean, how many of you know? I mean, you just don't have to look very far in in our culture, in the world. And the time we're living in, the people are desperate. People are in, in, a, in a place where they're hopeless, they're without hope, they're without God, and they need a breakthrough. Even believers, as Christians, we may have Jesus and we have hope, but man, we need a breakthrough in our spirit because life has happened and COVID has happened and lockdowns have happened and it just has a way of beating us up on the inside. And so we're after some breakthrough principles for our spirit this morning. And My message title for you today is there's a miracle in my mess. A miracle in my mess. And as we go to Acts chapter 16 I want to read this story of Paul and Silas as they are taken to prison. And they found themselves in a bit of a mess. But God worked a miracle in the middle of the mess, and he worked it through these two men. And I believe there's some truths that we can grab on for our own spirits. But before we do, let's pray and believe that God's going to speak to us this morning. I have faith to believe that no matter where you are right now, no matter how you find yourself listening, no matter what state of life that you're in right now, God, by his Holy Spirit, can come and speak to your situation. He can come address your spirit. He can meet the need you have in your life right now. God, it doesn't matter what I speak on, God can speak personally to you and so let's pray that this morning as we look at the word father i just pray right now for every person hearing this message god maybe that is desperate for a miracle desperate for a change and god you know their need you see their need and i pray this morning you would meet their need and god we would learn something from your scriptures this morning about breakthrough in our spirits because god sometimes the breakthrough doesn't happen in the circumstance. It doesn't happen in the situation. It happens on the inside of us, and that's what we're after this morning. So we, we commit your word uh, to, uh, to uh, these people, to the sounding of my voice, Lord, that we would hear and what your spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 22 is where we are going to start. And says this, the, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Uh, not the best start to the day, of course. Obviously, these. In, in, what's interesting here is these are just two men that are desiring to serve God and make God known. And they come up into this trial, and more than a trial, they're being stripped and beaten with rods. Which would indicate to me that that even if I could tell you that God is for you, that doesn't mean you won't have some stuff come against you, if you know what I'm saying. Because you can talk about God being for you all day long, but guess what? You can expect that life is going to throw you some some messes. You can expect that you're going to find yourself in some situations in life that you didn't anticipate, you never asked for, you didn't want, yet... There you are in the middle of a mess. Maybe it was a mess that you created by some poor decisions. Maybe it's a mess that, that is a result of something somebody else did to you. I don't know how you got there. But you can expect that life has a tendency to throw some stuff our way. But God wants to do a miracle in your life. That's what we're after this morning. He He wants to do something significant in your life. You know, it was Jesus. He himself said, you know, take heart because he said in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Look, in this world we're going to have some trouble. We're going to have some things that come against us, but we're believing for breakthrough in our lives. We're believing that because we have Jesus in in our life, we can experience the breakthrough he wants to bring and that his his presence and, and power is available to us But it's not, his presence and power is not necessarily just found in the absence of attack. Like just because you're not in a mess, like that's not some kind of indication that somehow God's power and his presence are are with you more than anyone else. I find that God's power and his presence are more readily available to me When I'm standing up under the attack that's coming in my life, when I'm standing up under the pressure, when I'm standing up under the mess I'm in, that's when God's power and his presence are more readily available to me. And so I think it would be a significant misappropriation of the doctrine of faith to suggest somehow that if I've got enough faith, then I won't experience some trouble. No, you're going to have some trouble, but take heart. You've got Jesus And Jesus has overcome the world, and that's where Paul and Silas find themselves. They've got Jesus, and they're they're taking heart because they understand that Jesus has overcome. In verse 23, it says, after they had been severely flogged. I love how the Scripture just throws that in casually, severely flogged flogged that just kind of I mean I would say it made me laugh except it's a very sad situation and desperate situation for them but they weren't just flogged they were severely flogged so it's going from bad to worse they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully and then when he had received these orders he put them not just in any cell but in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks I mean this is just keeps getting worse for these guys. This, the mess is getting greater and greater. I don't know if you've ever been in a season in life where it just seems like one thing is piling in on top of the other in your life. Where you've got one little mess and you've thought, well, I think I can handle that. And then you've got another mess and you've got another mess. And, got another, and you're thinking, God, where are you? <laughs> I'm, I, this is, I'm not just getting flogged. I'm getting severely flogged by life. And yet here they find themselves. And what do you do? When you don't know what else to do, well, Paul and Silas teach us what we can do. So we continue on. And it goes on and it says in verse 25, uh, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Now, that phrase right there, foundations of the prison were shaken, that really stuck out to me because I believe that anytime that God comes and moves by his power, foundations begin to, to be shaken. And I think we're living in a day and age where, in our culture and even in the church, foundations are being shaken right now. Things are being challenged in ways we never anticipated or, or expected, but foundations are being shaken in the church. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced now more than ever that the Spirit of God is shaking complacency off the church. I believe that the Spirit of God is, is positioning the church for a great renewal, a great revival, a great awakening. I believe there's a, a deepening hunger that's happening right now The people don't uh, they're not aware of, and yet when when churches begin to open again and we begin to uh, lift up the name of the Lord in and, in and, and collective ways as we gather once again, I believe there's going to come a great release from heaven by His Spirit, and we're going to see some incredible things. We're going to see people saved. I believe we are going to see some miracles in some situations. I believe God's going to do some incredible things. But right now we're in a season where things are being shaken But we have to ask ourselves in the shaking season, what's the purpose of the shaking? You see, the purpose of the shaking was always the preparation for a miracle. At least in chapter 16 of Acts it is. God is shaking the foundations of the prison for the purpose of bringing about a miracle. And that's exactly what happens. It says, The next verse, once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And so there's this great shaking and God kind of shows up in the scene and everyone who had been bound is suddenly set free. That's why I'm anticipating this next year, 2021 into 2022, I believe God's gonna do some incredible stuff in your church, in our church, in every church. Why? Because he's shaking the church for the purpose of shaking off complacency and creating a hunger in people's hearts. Now I find it interesting that it's at midnight where this happens, where this miracle takes place. Something happens significant at midnight and I think it's important to recognize because midnight represents something in this passage in in scripture. It represents darkness and it represents confusion. Like when you're doing what you think uh, you 're doing what you think God wants you to do and but you can't seem to get any clarity or direction that's that's a midnight season in your life when you're stuck in a place where nothing seems to change no matter how hard you try that's a midnight season when God doesn't seem to make any sense at all to you right now that's a midnight season when you're Surrounded by people, but you feel lonely. That's a midnight season. When you haven't seen the promise of God come to pass like you expected it to and like you prayed it for and believed it for, that's a midnight season. When life hasn't turned out like you thought it would, it's a midnight season in your life. But midnight can be this dark and confusing and lonely place. And it, it, what's funny about midnight? is that everything just kind of sounds different, doesn't it? Like I don't know if you've ever been sitting in your bed and you hear some noise and you're just like, man, somebody's breaking into my house right now. Somebody's trying to bust into my house and you go downstairs and it's literally nothing. I don't know if you've ever gotten out of bed and checked every room, every closet under every bed. I mean, I certainly I've never done that. That would be weird, right? No, I've never done that, but just like maybe somebody has, but it's just weird how things sound so different at midnight. You wouldn't even notice that sound during the day. You wouldn't even hear it, especially if you got four kids like me. It's just constant noise at our house. It's funny. Last night, we're sitting there at the dinner table. I look at my wife. I'm like, I just was like, I mouthed the words because she couldn't hear me. I was like, it's really loud right now. Like, you know, I got Darth Vader and his lightsaber. I got people telling stories and playing piano. And like, it's just madness. But we love it, of course. But the things you don't notice in the day, they're magnified at midnight when, when it feels dark and confusing. I've seen people, because I've had the privilege of walking with people through dark seasons of their life and challenging seasons and And I've walked with them, and and suddenly life doesn't have the same vibrancy or meaning or purpose. They don't see life the same way. The Scriptures suddenly seem irrelevant or or distant. God feels uncaring or uh, removed from the situation. But here's the thing about God. That we know from the scriptures, is that God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. And so if anybody in the equation, in the relationship has moved, it's not God. It's probably you. You're the person that's moved. You're the person that's adjusted. You're the person who, who, who's seeing things differently in this situation. And what I want to bring out of this passage is that if you find yourself at a place where it feels like midnight in your life and it feels like um, it's a dark and confusing place. I believe the power of God wants to bring breakthrough in your in your uh, situation yes and we're we'll always pray for that and believe for that but I believe God is far more interested in bringing a breakthrough in your spirit to change something on the inside of you and so I've got f- four uh, breakthrough principles I wanted to uh, communicate that we learn from Paul and Silas in the scripture. Here's the first one. Breakthrough principle number one, keep singing. Keep singing. When you're in the middle of a mess, like Paul and Silas were, is that you keep singing. Don't lose your song. Don't lose your worship. Don't stop worshiping the Lord. And I would would suggest to you that there's a significant difference between a song and worship. A song is something you've memorized, but worship, it flows from a heart that's been transformed by the power and presence of God. Worship flows from a place of surrender. Worship p- flows from a place of brokenness. That's what I'm after. Don't let the enemy stop your song in the middle of a, of a midnight season in your life. you got to keep singing. you got to keep worshiping. It was actually uh, Charles Spurgeon had this great quote. He was called the, the Prince of Preachers who lived in 19th century in England. And he said, any fool can sing in the day. Any fool can sing in the day. It's easy to sing when we can read the notes by daylight. But the skillful singer is he who can sing when there's not a ray of light to read by. Songs in the night come only from God. They are not in the power of men. You see, for Paul and Silas, there was no uh, fancy musicians or transitions, no, uh, no screen to follow the words, their worship came from a place from within them. Their, their worship came from a place of surrender that said, Lord, it doesn't matter uh, how good or, or bad it is, and it, it feels pretty bad. We're getting flogged, beaten. We're in jail. We're in the inner cell. We're in the very depths of this dungeon, and it feels bad. But my life would be far worse if it weren't for you, Jesus. And so I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship from a place of surrender. I'm going to worship from a place of gratefulness because, man, I remember what my life used to be like, and I'm so grateful for what it is now. I'm so grateful for what you've done. I'm so grateful that you've forgiven my sin. You've given me life eternal with you. And No, I don't understand the mess I'm in. God, I trust you. And when you can worship from that place, place and you can keep singing, something begins to shift on the inside of you that can happen no other way. Your situation may not change at all, but something on the inside of you begins to break out, begins to break forth. And what we learn about Paul and Silas is that this came from a place where they had learned to worship through practice through practice. Now, you, you don't know me well, and you may know, not know this about me, but um, I took karate for a number of years, and I, I've told our church before they need to not call me pastor, but they call me sensei. Uh, that's, I'm kidding. They don't really, but I took karate for a number of years, and and what i found in we would do the same things over and over and over and over and and i remember thinking this is so frustrating because we do the same drills and the same punches and the same moves all the time and then one day i got into this situation and this situation now it wasn't really bad i didn't get into a fight it was actually uh this is embarrassing to admit it was with my mom Okay, uh, and so my mom comes up and she grabs me by the collar and just instinctively I wrapped her up right in that moment, not even thinking about it, it was horrible. Now, I didn't hurt her, I didn't take her to the ground, uh, the bruise healed eventually, I'm kidding, I didn't, there was no, I, I just wrapped her up, I wrapped up her arms and I was like, whoa, mom, I'm so sorry, like it was just instinct and I recognized there's a spiritual principle, which is my breakthrough principle number two, which is how you practice is how you will perform. How you practice is how you'll perform. Because what comes out of you when the pressure is on is a result of what you've been practicing when there is no pressure, when life is going really well. Like, are you the kind of person that just goes to church when life is, is hard and you're like, man, I need to get back to God well, that's not how we live our life. We live our lives that we worship the Lord when, when things are going well, when things are not going so well. We worship God at every moment and in every season. So that when the pressure comes, when the pressure comes, what comes out of me is what I've been practicing. And see, Paul and Silas had been through many situations and many challenges and many situations, and they'd learned to worship the Lord. And maybe you haven't thought of this, but every time you make time to worship the Lord, every time you show up at church, whether it's online or in person, every time you show up to the presence of the Lord, you are literally practicing for when the pressure is greatest. Because what's going to come out of you in that moment, and when the pressure is on, what comes out of you, the faith that comes out of you, the the gratefulness, the, the, the... the uh, stick to I guess you could say, to say I'm going to trust the Lord no matter what, that comes out of you. It's practiced when there's no pressure that daily discipline of getting up and reading your Bible, the daily discipline of being in the Word and worship, the daily discipline, uh, the weekly discipline, or maybe more, of getting to church, of, of giving, of serving, of sacrificing, and just building this routine in your life, this habit and this discipline, so that when the pressure comes, what comes out of you is grace. What comes out of you when you're squeezed is faith. What comes out of you is surrender. What comes out of you is worship. But that's, that's built in the good moments. Uh, Psalm 34:1, David said, He said, Listen, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth, like it's always there. And so, if you want a praise at midnight, you got to get your praise going in the daytime. When things are bright and sunny and cheery and everybody's happy and there's money in the bank and things are going well, man, you should be thanking the Lord and worshiping and building building your relationship with the Lord. Whether it's a good season or a bad season, you learn to bless the Lord at all times. His praise is continually in your mouth. Maybe the reason Paul could sing at midnight It's because it was memory for him. Maybe we should call it miracle memory. I know in sports, they have this thing called muscle memory. You know if if you're a golfer, it's really important, muscle memory and in sports. But maybe as Christians, we should just call it miracle memory, where we remember what God has done. We remember all the ways he's come through for us in the past, and we remember that God has seen us through tough times before. He'll see us through again. It's a memory of what God has done. And God does it right here. He does again. He does a miracle because as they're praying and singing, the ground starts shaking and the prison doors are open and the chains fall off. And you would think that Paul and Silas in that moment would say, oh, man, thank you, Jesus, because this breakthrough just turned into a breakout. Man, we're out of here because this miracle just showed up. God just showed up, opened the doors, we're out of here. But that's not what happens I mean, if it's me, right? And this is the way I am. Uh, if it's me, I'd be strutting all the way down the hall, right? I mean, because they're in the inner cell, they got to walk through every cell. I'd be like, yeah, that's right. God broke me out. Hey, hey, how you doing? Just on the way out. That's not what they did. They didn't even. Liter- they literally just sat there and didn't even move. Listen to what it says in verse 27. The jailer woke up when he saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul said, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Interesting. And and I have this thought that maybe Paul wasn't praying um, for a way out. Maybe he was praying for a way for God to move in. Maybe he was praying for a way for God to move in. Because when it's midnight and things are dark and confusing, a lot of times all you can think about is a way to escape. But what if you changed your prayer and said, God, would you move into this situation? Would you move into my mess? Would you," you change your faith and change the way you approach it to think, God, would you just come and would you move into this situation? And change your focus from, God, get me out of this, into, God, would you come into my mess? Would you come into this situation and do a miracle? And do something significant. That's what God did. It's interesting that this jailer, who was ready to end his life, his whole family ends up getting saved. And in, in the, earlier in chapter sixteen, there was a woman by the name of Lydia who got saved. And now they've got the makings of a church plant right here, in, in the book of Philippians, as uh, they're in Philippi. That's where they were, and and. And God is doing this miracle, and that's number three, that we would believe for a miracle in the mess. You see, there were folk, it's easy when you're at midnight and things aren't going so well in your life to just think about the mess, but we often forget to think that God is doing something so much bigger than we can imagine, and he's working out a miracle in the mess that we can't even see. He's doing something significant by his power, through his presence, that we can't even think or imagine. Because what happens is, again, Lydia gets saved, this jailer gets saved, now they've got this church plant. And and you fast forward 10 years, now watch this, this is incredible. And fast forward 10 years now, Paul is writing this epistle called Philippians to the church that he planted in Philippi at about this time in Acts 16, right? And so he's writing this letter. Listen to what he says. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. This is Philippians chapter 1. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. I'm certain God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, Paul writes this letter, and you hear he's, he's thanking God for them, but what, what do you not hear in that letter? You don't hear anything about a prison. You don't hear anything about the beatings. You don't hear anything about the floggings. As if to say, listen, the miracle was so great that God was doing. In in comparison to what we went through, to what we see now, the miracle, we we won't even mention the flogging. It's not worth it because the pain was worth the miracle that God was producing in and through us. Can I tell you, God's doing something in your life you may not see, you may not understand. He's producing something far greater. His purpose is bigger than the moment you're living through right now or what you're wrestling with and what you're dealing with. His purpose is so much greater. Paul had that perspective. He was believing that God was up to something greater. I don't know if you've ever gone through something in your life where you've looked back and thought, man, it was worth it. It was hard at the time. It was challenging at the time, and I wasn't sure if I was even going to make it in that moment. But man, God is so good, and he did a miracle in that mess, and he produced something I never would have anticipated or saw coming. He does it all the time. He does it in Acts 16, and he'll do it in your life as well. If you're in a midnight season, you're walking through something, I want to tell you, God is producing something so much greater. He wants to awaken a faith in you. He wants to awaken a a brand new perspective in you, which is our last point. Number four, the breakthrough principle number four is change your perspective. You see, Paul didn't just see a, a door of escape. He saw a door of opportunity. And he began to preach the gospel to the jailer. You know, this situation for Paul and Silas was quite literally the worst. I mean, it couldn't have gone much worse than this, but that didn't stop them from praying and singing. It didn't stop them from looking and believing for an opportunity for the gospel and for God to move into this situation. See, we're just trying to make it through life. We're trying to make it through our midnight season, yet God is poised in heaven to do something in and through you if you would just change your perspective. And you would look at the situation a little differently through the eyes of faith, through the eyes of God and what he wants to do in and through you. That maybe God would do something that you never anticipated. If you would just change your perspective. See through the eyes of eternity. See through what God wants to do through your life. See how God wants to redeem the pain, how he wants to redeem the situations of your life. That's why I think we need to learn to change our perspective. Here's what James tells us about our perspective on situations. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers. When you face trials of many kinds, you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God's bringing you through some stuff. Because he's trying to get you to see your situation from a different perspective. That's what maturity is. Maturity is the ability to walk through pain in our life and situations that don't make sense. The ability to walk through messes and see the miracle. The ability to trust the Lord in the middle of hard situations and have a faith that is rock solid and doesn't move because, man, you've been practicing it in the good days and you've been singing worship and your faith, though it's being tested and though it's being shaken, the power of God is is stirring something in you for this next season. It's interesting that Paul, you know, when, when, when the ground starts shaking, prisoners are freaking out, And the jailer is about to end his life. I wonder if Paul was thinking, like, instead of thinking, like, I'm about to get out of this place, he was thinking, oh, yeah, here we go. Here comes God into this desperate situation. And what would happen if you began to change your perspective that way? And instead of praying, God, get me out, you'd be praying, God, would you come in? Would you do a miracle in, in this situation? And I think God can bring hope in every situation because the funny thing about midnight is that when the clock strikes 12, it's officially midnight, and it's the, darkest, it's the darkest moment, but really it's the start of morning. And I had a long discussion with my 10-year-old the other day about this. He was convinced that it was 12 p.m. I said, no, it's actually the beginning of the morning. It's the start of the next day. You see, morning represents light. It represents clarity. It represents new beginnings. It represents hope. And you thought it was midnight, and so you started shutting down, and you started losing hope, when in reality, it's actually the start of the morning. God's about to do something in your situation you didn't anticipate. He's bringing hope this morning, that the night season is over, and the morning is beginning. God wants to bring a breakthrough in your spirit. He wants to bring a breakthrough in your situation. And he wants to do it potentially through changing something on the inside of you. And as we come to this end of this message, I want to pray for you this morning. I pray for you as a church, as a people. But I also want to just pray for you as an individual that if you're in a place where you're stuck and you feel like, man, it's dark outside and I don't have a lot of hope, that God will come and he would visit you. Let's pray this morning. Father, I just thank you for every person this morning that, that is going through stuff. God, that they would have a faith to see and recognize that you are doing a miracle in their mess you're doing something significant in their world that you are after them and you're after a breakthrough not just in their situation but in their spirit that in the middle of their challenge in the middle of their trial they would learn to trust you and have faith in you and uh, would sing worship to you with a new song and a new voice that would overcome the fear and anxiety and worry and stress they might be feeling in this moment God, I just declare over every midnight that there would be a new morning of hope and clarity that would dawn upon their lives. God, I thank you for Pastor David and and the team there. And uh, God, this church that has just been a beacon in our city for so long. I just pray blessing and grace in this season that your hand would be upon them. Thank you for your word. Thank you for encouragement from the scriptures. I pray, pray your blessing upon each one in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening this morning. It really has been an honor and a privilege to be with you. God bless you, Solid Rock Church.